Welcome to Saturday Story Circle, always on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Abigail Branigan Investigates Written by Greg Taylor Read by Clarissa Dernetterlanden The lights flickered twice, as if they simply could not be bothered, and then finally came to life with a flash, illuminating a small windowless room lined with bookshelves and a tall girl in the doorway who sighed at the sight of it. Abigail Brannigan was not happy. It took a moment for Abigail's eyes to adjust to the semi-darkness. Before she left for work, Abigail's mother had made her promise that she wouldn't waste another day of her summer vacation sulking in the basement. School had been out for two days, eighteen hours, and eleven minutes. If you didn't count the weekend, and Abigail did not think that she really should— That meant that today was the first actual day of the summer break, and she would sulk if she wanted to. Friday had not just been the end of the school year. It had been Abigail's last day ever at Henderson Dangerfield Elementary. She had been at Dangerfield longer than she could remember, and so had everyone she knew and had ever known. She had been there since she was little Abby Brannigan and went to school in overalls with a sunflower stitched onto them. She was not little Abby anymore, and the world that she had known was close to her. Dangerfield Elementary fed into Margaret Wentworth Middle School, and so did West Mountain and Albion Lane and Valley Park and maybe more. There was an entirely new universe just waiting for an entirely new Abigail, and she would have to wait through two and a half agonizing months for it all to begin. Two and a half months was a long time to be no one. She shuffled over to the beanbag chair in which she had spent most of the last two days. She looked down at her feet and saw a small pile of her father's paperback books scattered like the bones left behind at a feast. On Saturday, Abigail's mother had told her that if she was bored, she could catch up on her reading, and these had seemed like the books her mother would be the most appalled to learn that Abigail had been spending her time with. There were eight of them on the floor, with titles like The Case of the Seven Sailors, and Make Mine Murder, and even Blood and Knuckles. They were from one of her father's bookshelves, and they all had covers with men in hats, gazing out at nothing in particular, and looking grim while holding guns or bottles or sometimes both. Abigail had spent the weekend in the basement reading books like these until she couldn't really tell them apart anymore, and it looked like today would not be any different. Her parents did not understand any of this, of course. Abigail knew that they did not want her to do what she had been doing, but they did not seem to be terribly clear on exactly what they did want. Sometimes they wanted her to run and play like she always had, which required Abigail to explain, yet again, that she was not a little girl anymore. Confronted with this possibility, they would tell her that she should be doing something constructive or she should be helping people, or she should be improving herself. (sighs) Abigail sighed again, and decided that she was not quite ready for her parents' approval just yet, even if that meant another day with another stack of paperback detective books. 
she pulled off a volume called Deathly Sweet, which had a cover with another grizzled-looking man in a hat sitting behind a desk, looking at whoever had just entered his office. It was almost certainly a woman, judging by the shape of the shadow. Abigail sighed. These books were all the same. The detective waited in his office, and someone of the problem hired him to do something that seemed simple and ended up being much more complicated than what it's supposed to be, and lots of people were found just after someone had murdered them. Abigail froze. It suddenly seemed so clear. Detectives helped people. Solving mysteries was something constructive. Starting her own business would definitely be improving herself. It was everything that her parents wanted her to do, and they absolutely definitely would not approve of any of it. It was perfect, except for the murder part, which probably wouldn't even happen. She returned deathly sweet to the shelf and paused for a moment. What would a private detective do on Beechnut Street where nothing ever happened? Or did it? Detectives found out about trouble because they waited for it to arrive. Maybe the reason that Abigail did not know about the secrets of Beechnut Street is that she had never offered to solve them for a modest fee. Maybe there was a whole secret side to her neighborhood that Abigail had never known. Abigail grinned. She was going to need a few things. The garage door rumbled open, slowly clicking upward on its track, revealing an entirely new Abigail Brannigan. Not yesterday's little Abby from Dangerfield Elementary. Not tomorrow's Abigail from Wentworth Middle School. The door rose above her head and continued its journey, and today's Abigail Brannigan stepped into the sunlight, her hands on her hips and her eyes shining with glorious purpose. This was going to be a great day. It did not look like the kind of morning when anything could be wrong in the world. The air was warm and the sun was bright. The breeze passed through the trees that stood in the yards all along Beechnut Street, making every leaf whisper that everything was perfect and it always would be, which is a sort of thing that trees believe in June. Abigail Brannigan did not believe any such thing. She knew in her bones that the peace and tranquility of the rows of well-kept houses was an illusion. There were desperate secrets hidden in those comfortable homes, and the hissing of the lawn sprinklers could not hide them from her trained ears. She turned and marched back into the gloom of the garage, excitement building in her chest. She felt like she could skip, but she fought the urge. This was no time for skipping. Today was a new beginning. Abigail scanned the room and frowned in spite of herself. She was looking for something in particular and not finding it. And the thing that she was not finding was the first, most essential step in her plan. This was not good. She bit the inside of her lip in frustration. Then she took a breath and tried to clear her head, to picture where... Abigail snapped her fingers and grinned. The furnace room! It was in the furnace room! She bolted back into the house, leaving the garage door up, which she was probably not supposed to do, and slipped back down the stairs into the basement of the Brannigan family home. Two minutes later, Abigail emerged from the furnace room with her prize. It was an old signboard that the Brannigans used every couple of years when they held a garage sale. 
It was mostly two wide planks held together at the top with a hinge, and it folded out into a kind of A-shape, with a chain between the two halves near the bottom to keep it from opening too far and falling over. Abigail clutched it to her chest like it was precious. Folded flat, it came to her shoulders, and she was forced to do a strange penguin walk up the stairs. But she returned to the garage triumphant. Nothing could stop her now. Abigail ran to the open garage door and glanced quickly at the empty sidewalk to the left and the right, just to make sure that she was not missing an unexpected tide of potential customers. Seeing that she was not, she bolted into the house once again to get her art supplies. Two minutes later, she returned with a sheet of poster paper, some wide markers, and a pencil. She mapped out her message in her head a few times, her fingers moving as if arranging invisible letters and spacing things out. And when she felt confident, she penciled the letters in lightly, until the sign read, Beechnut Street Detective Agency. Cases solved at reasonable rates. No job too small. Murders half price. Abigail smiled at her creation, and then frowned. She would like to solve a murder, of course, but she felt fairly certain that the idea would cause her parents to lose their minds once and for all. Also, detectives in books never set out to solve a murder. They just discovered bodies and were suspects themselves and had to clear their own names by finding the killers. And they did it all while they were supposed to be doing something else. So that shouldn't go on the sign. Ten minutes later, when the letters had been done over with the markers, the last line now read, Inquire Within, instead, which would help to bring people from the sidewalk to the garage where her desk would be, when she had eventually figured out what to use as a desk. It was perfect. She pinned the paper to the sign, hoisted the whole thing up, and hugged it close to her chest, doing the strange penguin walk once again, until the sign was halfway down the driveway and clearly visible to the east and west. She opened the base and set it up, taking great care to make sure that it was stable. "'Are you having a yard sale?' a raspy voice asked, making Abigail jump in spite of herself. She looked to the sidewalk and saw a small gray-haired lady holding the leash of a small gray-haired dog. The lady and the dog both seemed to tremble slightly at the same rate, and it made Abigail blink to be certain that there was not something wrong with her eyes. "'I'm sorry?' she said with a frown. "'A yard sale?' the lady repeated, as if Abigail was a very dull girl. "'Are you having a yard sale?' Abigail scrunched up her nose and looked at the sign to see how it could possibly be more clear. She turned her head to confirm that there was nothing that even resembled a yard sale happening on the Brannigan lawn. She desperately wanted to point these facts out to the woman, but she felt it might be a bit rude, and it was best not to discount the possibility that the lady might have a mystery that needed solving. No, Abigail said, a detective agency. The lady scowled. I said... "'Yard sale!' she repeated louder. Abigail bit her tongue. "'No,' she replied, shaking her head in case that helped. <laughs> the lady muttered, and walked in the direction of Hill Street, dragging the small gray dog with her. Abigail decided not to count the yard sale lady as her first inquiry. Someone else would be along any minute. This is what she did now. She was Abigail Brannigan, and she was a private detective.' She looked up the driveway at the bleak interior of the garage. Hmm, this would take a little work. 
Eight paperbacks in two days had taught her that a detective needed an office. There has to be a place where the story begins, and that place is always an office. She needed a clear space in the center of the garage, near the open front door, which was easier said than done. Her older brother Jeremy had gone through a stage two years ago when he was lifting weights a lot, and had set up a weight bench and workout area exactly where Abigail needed to be. Like many things that Jeremy had left around the house when he went away to college, the weights had stayed exactly where they were, left by their parents as a shrine to his eventual return. Abigail would have none of this. It took almost forty minutes to clear the weights in the bench, during which Abigail had said two bad words that she wasn't even supposed to know in a very loud voice. But all ten of her fingers seemed unbroken, and she could finally get started. She moved her bicycle, and then her mother's, which had a flat tire and had not been ridden since some time the previous autumn, and set them over to one side. She pushed a bag of camping equipment out of the way and lifted a canvas tarpaulin. Something horrible with a thousand legs skittered for safety as the tarp shifted, but Abigail did not jump. She had not even been afraid of bugs when she was little, and she was not little any more. Not at all. Twenty minutes later, Abigail had placed an old door across the top of two sawhorses to fashion a crude desk, a quick trip back to the furnace room for one of the folding metal chairs, and the Beechnut Street Detective Agency had an actual office. Abigail sat briefly behind the desk to enjoy the sensation and wondered if she was going to need a hat. No, hats were stupid. There was only one thing that she needed now. Excuse me, said a voice from the driveway. Abigail turned and saw a small girl, probably two years younger than herself, wearing a bright orange helmet and standing on a skateboard. The board was the kind that people called a longboard, and it looked enormous under the tiny girl. She was wearing a green sundress, and her straw-colored hair burst forth from under the helmet at every conceivable angle. The helmet was large on her and badly scuffed, and looked in several places as if large stickers or decals had been removed, leaving scrape marks and glue residue behind. Like the longboard under her feet, the helmet seemed to have once belonged to an older brother. Abigail could not see the board in great detail, but it appeared to have a Chinese dragon painted on it. Abigail blinked at the girl in surprise. The girl pointed toward the sign in the driveway. "'Excuse me,' she said. "'Is this for real?' Abigail's heart leapt in her chest. She fought to play it cool, like the detectives in the books. "'Real as can be,' Abigail nodded, wishing she had gotten around to making her business cards. "'Beechnut Street Detective Agency. Abigail Brannigan, proprietor.' The girl blinked at Abigail. I don't know what proprietor means, she said. It means that I'm here to help you, Abigail said, if you have a problem. The girl bit her lip and looked back at the sign. This was it. Abigail had never been so sure of anything in the hour and a half that she had been a detective. The girl looked at her wristwatch and scowled. She turned back to Abigail, and her eyes flashed with a piercing blue fire of urgency. Are you here all day? she asked. Abigail frowned. Sure, she said, but we're both here right now. No time like the present. The girl shook her head and looked back at her watch. No time, she said. Like the present, Abigail agreed, and then realized that the girl was gliding away, growing smaller as she rolled down the driveway. I'll be back, the girl said, turning west without apparent effort. It's first come, first served, Abigail called. 
The girl turned her head as she rode away, her eyes flashing with sudden anger, and something else that Abigail could not quite recognize. Just be here, detective, the girl called, pumping the board forward with her right foot and building up speed. I'll be back! Abigail watched the strange little girl roll off into the distance, taking her mystery with her. She clenched her fists and felt frustrated enough to spit, but she did not. Instead, she went back to her new desk and began to carefully letter her new business cards, which she cut from an old sheet of Bristol board. It was slow work, but she was careful and meticulous, and had a small pile of perfect cards when she looked up and realized that she had lost track of time. There was a car in the driveway, and her mother was standing beside her open door, reading the sign that had blocked her progress, a horrified expression on her face. And that was the end of Abigail Brannigan's first day in the detective business. through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!